Now, Zacchaeus was a very curious man. He had heard about Jesus. He had probably heard Jesus called a devil, a fanatic, a blasphemer, a heretic, a prophet, an imposter. Even some people said he was the son of God. And Zacchaeus wanted to see him for himself. He was coming through his town, Jericho. He didn't plan to become a follower, a believer of Jesus. So he climbed up a tree so he could get a good view because he was small of stature. You know, people that are short have a very difficult time with tall people. They have to work twice as hard to be noticed. That was his big obstacle, was this crowd of people around Jesus and he couldn't see him. You have obstacles too tonight from coming to Jesus. You ask yourself, what will people think? I'm a member of the church. I live a good life. I've been baptized. I've been confirmed. And then there are other people that have an obstacle in their love for the world, the world system, which is dominated by evil. Not the world itself, but the world system, which is dominated by the devil. He's the God of this world. For what is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Suppose you could gain everything in the whole world and lost your soul. Was it worth it? Moses had to choose. He could have been probably the king of Egypt someday. The Pharaoh, he had to make a choice. And he chose God's way and the people of God rather than enjoying the luxuries and the pleasures of sin. And then there's secret sin that stands in our way. Dishonesty, cheating, fraud, jealousy, lust. We're reading a lot about that in the newspapers these days from areas that we never dreamed what they're uncovering. Then there's the problem of racism in some areas many areas of the world and of the nation. And I'm praying that God is going to use this mission to help at least a little bit in the climate of love and understanding between all of us. But then there's also anti-Semitism. Did you know that in Europe today, anti-Semitism is raising its ugly head? Remember, that's what Hitler tried to do, was to kill all the Jews. The Holocaust. Millions of Jewish people perished just because they were Jews. And today, those same terrible things are beginning to crop up in various parts of that continent and probably underneath in this country. We need to do everything we can to be friends and neighbors of the people who have been chosen by God to be his chosen people, the Jewish people. Bigotry, bigotry of any kind is a sin in God's eyes. The psalmist prayed, 
forgive my hidden sins. God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing. Everything that we've done in secret is going to be brought out into the open. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And then there's self-righteousness. There's a generation that appear in their own eyes, and yet they haven't been washed of their sins. And many of us are like that. We think we're all right. We think we're good, but in God's sight, our righteousness is as filthy rags. He sees through them and he sees our real secret sin. But when Jesus was passing through Jericho, he looked up into that tree and he saw Zacchaeus. And he called him by name out of all the hundreds of people. He called the worst man in town by name. And he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today and have lunch with you. So Zacchaeus jumped. And D.L. Moody said he was converted from the limb to the ground. And he was. And he came to his house and he entertained Jesus. Then he came out on the front porch in front of everybody. And he said, I'm going to make restitution of everything I've ever done wrong. God called you by name. In the Garden of Eden, he called Adam by name. He said, Adam, where are you? God knew, but he wanted Adam to know where he was. He had sinned against God, and a wall of separation had become between them. And we have inherited sin from Adam. From generation to generation, we're born in sin. And then we choose to be sinners when we reach the age of accountability. Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. He called his apostles, some of them by name, Peter and Andrew, or Saul on the Damascus Road. And he was converted and his name was changed to Paul. He called you by name, Mary, John, by name. And Zacchaeus made haste. He came quickly. And that's what God is asking you to do tonight. He's offering you forgiveness. He's offering you a new life. He's offering you the assurance that if you died, you'd go to heaven. I talked to a man who had come from the West Coast. And his brother had died while he was there. And he said, what a peace came over him because he knew that his brother recently came to know Christ as his Savior. And he said, I know I'm going to see my brother again someday. He'll be in heaven. <laughs> September 11th reminded us all that none of us can count on tomorrow. That St. Louis Cardinal picture for which we've been touched was only 33, and he died last weekend. He was going to pitch that night. It was a successful call to Zacchaeus. It was his golden moment. He had waited a long time to see Jesus, but now he had that 
moment before him. And Jesus said, make haste, come now. That's what he's saying to you. You say, but I need a lot of time to think it over. No, you can't do that. You come now. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Receive Christ into your heart. All you have to do is just open your heart. But you can harden your heart too. You can harden it tonight by saying no or wait. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will eat with him and he with me. The scripture says, But as many as received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Zacchaeus stood in front of his house and made his profession of faith in Christ. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Are you lost tonight in your life? Confused? Are you feeling the guilt of your sin? Of your failure? Is there tension in your marriage? Tension between you and your children or your father and mother? Are you stumbling through life not quite knowing the purpose of what it's all about? The headline of the health section in yesterday's inquiry said, the aftermath of terrorist attacks has left many people in anxiety. Did the tragedy of September 11 affect you? It did me. Jesus is still passing through. He's passing through Cincinnati. He's passing through Ohio and Northern Kentucky. He's entering your community and your street and your home. And he's knocking on the door. He says, I want to come in and change your life and give you everything that you thought you could get in the world. You can get from faith in Jesus and much more. We're all under God's judgment. We're under the judgment because of our sin. But the Bible tells us that we can be free. Free from the death penalty. We can experience with peace with God now and the assurance that we can live forever with Him. Just as Zacchaeus rushed down the tree and welcomed Jesus to his home, so tonight you can make your way down from the stands and stand in front of this platform, not to Billy Graham, but to God, and say, Lord, I want assurance. I want to know that my sins are forgiven and that I'm going to heaven. I'm going to ask you to come. As we saw hundreds of people come last night, I'm going to ask you to come. If you come from those top galleries, we'll wait on you. There's plenty of time. And after you've come, I'm going to say a word to all of you and have a prayer. Then you can go back and join your friends. And we're going to give you some literature that'll help you in living your Christian life. 
Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose from the dead. He's alive. He's willing to come into your heart tonight if you'll let him. I'm sure you were applauding, hoping Bev Shea would sing again. <laughs> you know what I was reading about today? I was reading about something I didn't realize happened in Cincinnati. I thought it was in some other town about that cow that got loose. I was born in Rib on a dairy farm, and I grew up with cows, and I grew up this way. I when I was in high school, I milked about 20 every morning before I went to school and milked the same cows when I got back. We had about 100 cows. My father had a dairy, and I used to call those cows. I had a special name for them, I thought. So when we went England, we were in the middle of England, my wife and I, in a small hotel. And out beyond us was a great pasture. It looked like hundreds of cattle. So about nine o'clock in the evening, I stuck my head out the window and called them. Because I didn't know that the British cows would understand me. But they did, and they came. <laughs> there were about 200 cows that came and surrounded the hotel. And the management got very upset, and I don't blame him. But it's a worldwide, I guess, call. But I love cattle. And this cow here in Cincinnati, I read, wandered all around for a whole week. And he got into a park. I don't know which park. And I remember seeing the helicopter flying. I saw it on the national news that this cow was loose in Cincinnati. But the people that were trying to capture him didn't know that certain way to call him, I guess. You've had some interesting experiences here in this city. I heard about one fellow, a cowboy, out in the West. And he was in a saloon, and he'd gotten half drunk, and he had a pistol, and he was shooting everything. And an old trapper was coming down the mountain on his donkey. And the cowboy went up to him and said, old man, do you know how to dance? He said, no, but I'll try. So he tried, and he danced around, and the cowboy shot into his feet. Then when he was finished shooting, the old man reached in his saddlebag and pulled out a sawed-off shotgun and held it up to the head of the cowboy. And he said, cowboy, have you ever kissed a donkey? He said, no, but I've always wanted to. That's not a very good illustration of what I was going to say. We'd always wanted to come back to Cincinnati. But we've had a wonderful time in the few days we've been here. And we've been thrilled and excited about the tremendous response that we've found here. I've never been to a city where there's been so much coverage in the press and the media. And I want to thank them. Tonight, I want to tell you a little story that Jesus told in chapter 19 of Luke. 
it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not, because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Come down, Zacchaeus, for today I'm going to come to your house for lunch. And Zacchaeus was amazed and happy and didn't know quite what to do, but he did the right thing. You see, Zacchaeus was a rich man. He was a lonely man. He was hated by everyone because he was the tax collector. And he was to collect taxes for Rome from the Jewish people. And he gathered not only the taxes for Rome, but anything he had left over, he kept for himself. He feathered his own nest. And he was looked on as a traitor to his own people. He was unjust. He oppressed those that he dealt with. He abused his power. Ann Landers died a few days ago, and she was a personal friend. Some years ago, she and her twin sister, Abby, and she wrote a lot of wonderful articles. I remember a letter in a column years ago. Someone's Aunt Emma, who was married to a tightwad, she couldn't get an extra quarter out of him. He made a good salary. They lived frugally because he insisted on putting 20% of his paycheck under the mattress. He didn't trust the banks. And when he was 60 years of age, he got cancer. And he made his wife promise in the presence of his brothers that she would put the money he had stashed away in the coffin so he could buy his way to heaven if he had to. And Emma promised. The next day, she took the money and deposited it in a bank. She then wrote out a check and put it in the casket four days later. Many people think that money is the answer to all of our problems. But there are limitations as to what money can do. Money will buy a bed, but not a night's sleep. It'll buy books, but not brains. It'll buy food, but not an appetite. It'll buy finery, but not beauty. It'll buy a house, but not a home. It'll buy medicine, but not health. Luxuries, but not culture. Amusements, but not happiness religion but not salvation. Money is very limited in what it can do. In fact, it can be a tremendous stumbling block to people. The love of money, the scripture says, is the root of all evil. Now Zacchaeus was a very curious man. He had heard about Jesus. He had probably heard Jesus called a devil, a fanatic, a blasphemer, a heretic, a prophet, an imposter. Even some people said he was the son of God. And Zacchaeus wanted to see him for himself. He was coming through his town, Jericho. He didn't plan to become a follower, a believer of Jesus. So he climbed up a tree so he could get a good view because he was small of stature. You know, people that are short have a very difficult time with tall people. They have to work twice as hard to be noticed. That was his big obstacle, was this crowd of people 
around Jesus and he couldn't see him. You have obstacles too tonight from coming to Jesus. You ask yourself, what will people think? I'm a member of the church. I live a good life. I've been baptized. I've been confirmed. And then there are other people that have an obstacle in their love for the world, the world system, which is dominated by evil. Not the world itself, but the world system, which is dominated by the devil. He's the God of this world. For what is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Suppose you could gain everything in the whole world and lost your soul. Was it worth it? Moses had to choose. He could have been probably the king of Egypt someday. The Pharaoh, he had to make a choice. And he chose God's way and the people of God rather than enjoying the luxuries and the pleasures of sin. And then there's secret sin that stands in our way. Dishonesty, cheating, fraud, jealousy, lust. We're reading a lot about that in the newspapers these days from areas that we never dreamed what they're uncovering. Then there's the problem of racism in some areas, many areas of the world and of the nation. And I'm praying that God is going to use this mission to help at least a little bit in the climate of love and understanding between all of us. But then there's also anti-Semitism. Did you know that in Europe today, anti-Semitism is raising its ugly head? Remember, that's what Hitler tried to do, was to kill all the Jews. The Holocaust. Millions of Jewish people perished just because they were Jews. And today, those same terrible things are beginning to crop up in various parts of that continent and probably underneath in this country. We need to do everything we can to be friends and neighbors of the people who have been chosen by God to be his chosen people, the Jewish people. Bigotry, bigotry of any kind is a sin in God's eyes. The psalmist prayed, forgive my hidden sins. God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing. Everything that we've done in secret is going to be brought out into the open. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And then there's self-righteousness. There's a generation that appear in their own eyes, and yet they haven't been washed of their sins. And many of us are like that. We think we're all right. We think we're good. But in God's sight, our righteousness is as filthy rags. He sees through them, and he sees our real secret sin. But when Jesus was passing through Jericho, he looked up into that tree and he saw Zacchaeus. And he called him by name out of all the hundreds of people. He called the worst man in town by name. And he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today and have lunch with you. So Zacchaeus jumped. And D.L. Moody said he was converted from the limb to the ground. And he was. 
And he came to his house and entertained Jesus. Then he came out on the front porch in front of everybody and he said, I'm going to make restitution of everything I've ever done wrong. God called you by name. In the Garden of Eden, he called Adam by name. He said, Adam, where are you? God knew, but he wanted Adam to know where he was. He'd sinned against God and a wall of separation had become between them. And we have inherited sin from Adam. From generation to generation, we're born in sin. And then we choose to be sinners when we reach the age of accountability. Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. He called his apostles, some of them by name, Peter and Andrew, or Saul on the Damascus Road. And he was converted and his name was changed to Paul. He called you by name, Mary, John, by name. And Zacchaeus made haste. He came quickly. And that's what God is asking you to do tonight. He's offering you forgiveness. He's offering you a new life. He's offering you the assurance that if you died, you'd go to heaven. 